Good evening, friends. I'm Social Porter, and it's another beautiful close of the day here at Outposts, a wonderful cafe situated on a hill overlooking the Ocklawaha River, where the trees gently lean over the river's edge and every evening is pleasant. This evening is a time of cool jazz and contemplative conversation, addressing the issues of everyday life where the rubber meets the road. Some topics are a bit expansive, some are a challenge to get a grip on, yet others speak to attitudes or the intricacies of relationships, yet all have the common thread of always pointing to Jesus, who is the answer. He is always the answer, and there is never a time he's not the answer. Many years ago, as I prepared to settle into sleep on a winter's night, as was my habit Every evening, I loaded the wood stove. I had reserved a large all-night log for just a night as it was, loaded it in the firebox and stuffed the edges with smaller pieces of wood. Off to bed I went, but sometime during the night I had a dream which went like this. I dreamed I was around a good-sized campfire with some other faceless people, all talking and enjoying the open fire. As I sat looking at the fire, from out of the midst came a large burning log which rolled several feet away. As I watched the burning log, its fire slowly got smaller, went out, and it just lay there by itself, smoldering with a few hot coals glowing in the dark. In a few moments, it was just a single smoking log. No fire, no hot coals, no heat, just a smoking chunk of wood, alone. And that was the end. I woke up from the dream noticing it had been several hours since I had closed my eyes. But I also noticed the house was pretty cold. I wondered what happened with my wood heater that it was so cold in the house. I got up, opened the wood stove door, and there was my big, fat, all-nighter chunk of wood, smoldering, not burning, but just smoking, not generating any fire or heat. In the moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, plain as day, The days of the single log which burns alone are gone. Fire and heat are a team effort. There are no longer the standalone fire logs. This evening's topic is about the champions behind the champions. Most of what we see is just the person at the microphone. But we can rest assured even the speakers who seem the most competent well-spoken and organized, have a team of people behind them making it all happen. You know, the truth is that just because someone is the main speaker doesn't necessarily mean they know anything. They have the grace to be the public face, but they alone 
are certainly not the all in all many of us make them out to be. The behind the scenes workers. Yes, you. You are the champions behind the champions. Stay close, position yourselves to hear the words which paint the pictures, and I'll be right back. privileged to be amongst so many who support others in their ministerial devotions. The world sees the person at the microphone, hears someone they recognize on a CD, at the front giving the sermon, singing the songs, or directing the multitudes. But we can all rest assured behind each one of those very visible people is a host of non-visible people who are making it happen. Personally, I am truly small potatoes, but I can say I have known a few of those well-known Christian personalities we all so admire, and every single one that I know would love to take the time to shake the hand, embrace, and encourage all the people who are behind the scenes, the champions behind the champions. You who are behind the scenes, You are just as important as the name and face of a well-known personality. If you are one of those people who set up, build up, research, clean up, you need to know you are doing something great for the kingdom of God. If I could figure out how, I would love to personally honor you. In John 13, we see Jesus and the disciples at the Last Supper. John 13, 3-5 Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power, and that He had come from God and was returning to God. So He got up from the meal, took off His outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around His waist. After that, He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Do you see that? He knew his from and his to. He knew the Father had given him all things, yet he, taking off his titles and robes, he stooped down with a towel on his shoulder and washed the disciples' feet. I'd like to point out this isn't about handling someone's feet. It's about getting low, losing our self-importance, and about giving ourselves to others. 
cleaning someone's house who is feeling down and out. That's washing feet. Helping a neighbor move, not needing to be large and in charge or wanting a favor in return. That's washing feet. Washing someone's dishes because it's a good thing to do. That's washing feet. For everyone who comes in your house, offering them food, drink, and a nice chair to rest in. That is washing feet. Do you get it? I believe it is those who are secure in their own skin and know who they are in Christ. They are the ones who can serve most effectively. I believe those who are proud and arrogant are, underneath it all, insecure and apprehensive people. Jesus, knowing who he was, stooped down. To all of us who support others, often being nameless and faceless, know that you hold high honor in your serving. You are the champions behind the champions. All the secretaries and maintenance people, those who set up the lights, sweep the sanctuaries and clean the restrooms, all those who visit and keep up the websites, the writers and researchers, the bookkeepers and floor sweepers, managers and counselors. The schedulers, gatekeepers, and caretakers are rarely seen, but they have a profound effect on the lives of those they serve. Some may say we only need leaders and not managers. Hmm. But someone must do the work of getting everyone on the bus, making sure the hotel is scheduled and everyone gets to their place. Someone must make out the schedule and help everyone else to do their part. Managers are a very important part of the organization when done the way God intended. Most true leaders are not necessarily good managers and most gifted managers are not necessarily creative, innovative leaders. They each have their place when done righteously. I want to thank you and want you to know other people may not notice, but God notices and he is not unrighteous to forget. Isaiah 41, 6-7 Each helps the other and says to his brother, Be strong! The craftsman encourages the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer 
spurs on him who strikes the anvil. Where would we be without others to help? I knew a man who had the vision to go to another country to do a work. Initially, he was alone, but he earnestly sought the Lord for help. Shortly, the Lord sent him another fellow who was given to prayer, and they began praying together. In a little while, there came others to join them in their prayer time, and a quarterly meeting was started in order to dialogue about what God wanted to do and how to accomplish it. Intercessors began to show up, and there soon grew an organized intercessory team to whom God gave words of encouragement and directional vision which bore witness to the others involved. Soon, part of the team made the trip to the other country, together, to spy out the land, like they did in Joshua 2, verse 2. People with money made donations. Those with connections in the other country came forward. A man in the other country donated land and a building. Many supporters seemingly came out of the woodwork to fix up the property. Soon a school was planted. The local church body incurred an influx of extra support. Students came and teachers offered time and materials. Do you see it? God who helps us sent others to help. The schedulers, gatekeepers, and caretakers are rarely seen, but they have a profound effect on the daily lives of those they serve. They are the champions behind the champions. And I know, some may have had hopes of a position and a title, There are always those in the mix. Great day, I have been that guy. But there were also many, many others who were simply being obedient. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. No one need go their way alone to do the work the Lord has called them to. I believe the work is great upon us. No man alone can do it all. Second Timothy 1, 16-18 The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me. He was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. 
The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered at Ephesus. Onesiphorus evidently had a knack of showing up at the right time with the right attitude. His name literally means bringing profit and to joyfully bring relief by bearing up the load of another. Notice, Onesiphorus didn't just ask around concerning Paul's whereabouts, and when it got too hard or inconvenient, he went home. No, it says he ardently hunted Paul down and found him. Paul states that Onesiphorus often refreshed me and praises him for his hospitality, kindness, and courage. In that short phrase, the idea of refreshing is the idea that he gently breathed on behalf of Paul. He worked to relieve Paul's discomfort as seen through the idea of someone who is exhausted in the heat of the day and a helper whom God brought at just the right moment gives them a drink of water, shades their eyes, and cools them with a fan. I seriously doubt Onesiphorus was looking for a position or a title, but what I am sure of is that he had a heart to help and support the work of the gospel with all his heart and didn't even have any judgment about Paul's chains. Orthodox tradition holds that Onesiphorus was martyred for his faith in the city of Perium, not far from Ephesus. I think this Onesiphorus is someone I'd like to meet and know. We should never allow the enemy to tell us we have no worth because we don't have our name on a book cover, or because we aren't the main speaker at a conference someplace, streaming our faces and words all over the world. Paul placed high value and honor on women of character in 1 Timothy 5.10, who had good works. If she raised up children, lodged strangers, washed the saints' feet, or relieved the afflicted, it was called good works. In light of that, every time you buy someone some food, give the gift of gasoline, shovel your neighbor's driveway when it snows, give someone a ride home, or visit those in isolation, you are furthering the kingdom of God. That is stooping down and washing feet. It's not enough to just be on the field. We must move the ball. 1 Corinthians 16, 15-18 You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you, brothers, to submit to such as these and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. The word therefore devoted means they addicted themselves, that they appointed and deposed themselves to supporting and serving others. The whole idea of serving others without working to gain a position or a title was such a big deal, Paul points it out time and time again. Then in verse 18, 
Paul addresses the champions behind the champions, saying, For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. The refreshing and service which was provided, that is, washing feet, that is ministry as seen at its finest. yourself to agree with the devil when he tries to belittle what you do in the name of Jesus. The very word itself, ministry, literally means attendance to, to serve or service. I believe far too often many want a ministry where they become a household name. Their name becomes a brand. But behind every well-known speaker is a large group of people who write discuss, pray, arrange schedules, plan events, decide wardrobe, and even write notes for the messages we all love to hear. Somebody has to arrange the overhead scriptures to come up at the right time. Somebody has to keep the sound equipment going. Someone has to arrange the music. Someone has to run out for food during rehearsal, arrange places to sleep, times to arrive and depart. Someone has to vacuum the floor, and so on and so on. Most folks just love going on a mission trip, but I really doubt most understand the staggering amount of work which went on behind the scenes to make it all happen. In 2 Chronicles 14, 9-10, it says, Then Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a one million man and three hundred chariot army. So Asa went out against him, and they set the troops in battle array. Okay, let's think about this. It's an army of one million men, soldiers. Someone had to polish the armor sharpen the weapons, feed the horses, bring water, make food, and tend the quarters of one million men, which means there were probably at least another 200,000 people behind the one million making all that happen. That's water for one million, food for one million, weapons at the ready for one million, armor for one million, not to mention that the helpers of 220,000 at a minimum had to also eat and be cared for also. This was no small event 
It was like a mobile city. It took a cohesive, coordinated, well-planned bunch of people, no small effort, just to get one million soldiers on the battlefield at the same time. A good friend of mine is part of a large Christian music label here in the U.S. He told me, I wouldn't hardly believe the number of young, aspiring Christian musicians who send them CDs of their music, accompanied by the questions, 1. What will it take to sign a record deal? 2. How much will I make? And 3. How soon can we go on the road? He said there are at least a hundred every month, hundreds every quarter, and several thousand every year asking the same questions. With the three main questions, almost all universally make the same statement which says, If you do not produce my music, you are missing God. Good grief. I just don't think anyone can be a good chief unless they know how to be a good Indian first. I believe every believer in Christ has something to say. But, my friends, there aren't enough platforms and microphones for everyone to be famous. Everyone wants to know, what's my ministry? And that's not a bad question at all. But I heard a well-known speaker say, The moment you go out your door in the morning, you are in your ministry. You who support the work. You are the champions behind the champions. And I thank the Lord for your effort, time, attentiveness, strength, and courage to continue in your obedience. You are just as important as any name brand person, and God does not forget your devotion. He is righteous to remember and think about it. Philemon 1, 6-7 I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. If anyone needs to take a breather, how do we get it? Instead of just hiding yourself away, try Proverbs 11.25. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 
friends. Think generous and you will indeed prosper. Make time to assist no matter who they are. Step outside your comfort zone and extend yourself as Christ has extended himself to us. I'm Social Porter with Cletus Iommi. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Outposts, Cool Jazz and Contemplative Conversation. This production has been brought to you by Living in His Name Ministries, Area 22 Guitars, Man, That Guy Knows His Stuff, Paul and Brent down at WK Studios, Charles over at Rat Trap Pest Control, Miss Edith Llewellyn, and of course, Jeff and Karen. The sweet spot on Main Street, our beloved friends in Christ. At Trinity Bakers, where there's always something good in the oven. Music was by David and Dieter, Bobby and John and Miles. All music use is licensed by BMI. I'll say it again. For every well-known, recognized personality on TV or the radio, there is at least a half dozen or more other people helping to make it all happen. You, who are behind the scenes, you are just as important as the name and face of any well-known person whom we all may recognize. If you are one of those people who set up, build up, clean up, pack up, arrange and facilitate, you need to know you are doing something great for the kingdom of God. You are the champion behind the champions. God sees and does not forget your righteous devotion. Amen. Be strong and courageous. Drive carefully and pray for your neighbor. It really, really, actually, actually does make a difference. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Amen.